here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Dr. Nove, and I'm here at the top of this episode to give you a slight production note. So, I have not interviewed anyone in about, let's say, six to eight months. I think that's about right. And I set up everything for this week's interview and accidentally crossed a couple of wires. Long story short, while Seth's audio sounds fine, I accidentally recorded myself on my computer's microphone instead of this condenser microphone, which is in front of me right now, making my voice sound all sexy-like and warm. Uh, The computer and I... Shut the fuck up, Mr. Chesterfield. Mr. Chesterfield's also here at the... No, stop yelling at the people. He's here to apologize. He's very, very sorry for ruining your episode. I'm going to do what that guy on Twitter said. I'm going to throw you out the goddamn window. Enjoy. ProRisuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProRisu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise. And now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProRisuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProRisu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, The Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProRisu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear, ProRisuShop.com. That's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U-Shop.com. ProRisuShop.com. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Lucha of the Hidden Temple for the week of Wednesday, January 28th, 2015. My name is Dr. Nope. It's a pleasure to have your ear again. And this week, we have our very first guest in the Hidden Temple of Lucha-ing. It is none other than Seth Partnow. Welcome to the show, Seth Partnow. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be in the Temple of Luching with you. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great to have you Luching here with me. <laughs> so, uh, Seth, you, you do a podcast. Where can uh, people find your podcast? What, what is the name of your podcast? All that sort uh, of thing. I, I uh, mostly t- talk and write about basketball. My podcast is the Make or Miss Podcast. You can find it on iTunes as the Make or Miss Podcast. Um, and... and breaking down the NBA on a uh, weekly or so basis. Okay, okay. So who do you like going into, I guess we're coming up on the All-Star break here, who, who do you like? Uh, well, so far this year, the two best teams have been the, the Warriors and the Hawks, and, and if uh, 
if they by some reason would meet in the finals, it would be a ratings disaster and a and a and a an amazing display of basketball. So, do you think Bogut can stay healthy down the stretch? Is, I mean, can he? Yes. I mean, it. You know, it's it, it. It's is he injury prone or is he unlucky? You know, there's you. You could argue either way. So who knows? Um, they've they've had a good enough season that maybe they can they can rest him and so that he uh, he's he they can give him as best possible chance to to be healthy coming down the stretch. Spades has been really really productive off of the bench for them too this year. Yes, it's uh, it's actually um, disturbing. <laughs> like, no, dude, his productivity is really nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, because it's he's just been a guy for his whole career, and all of a sudden he's like the 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 best bench player in the league. All of a sudden, yeah, out of Houston off the bench, coming yeah. in, dropping twenty in like eighteen twenty minutes. It's really nuts. He's been having a great year. So let's get out of the basketball talk before we blow out the entire voices of wrestling uh, hive mind. <laughs> And uh, let's get into Lucha Underground. How did you get into the product in particular? Because you said you're kind of a newcomer. Yeah, no, I've, uh, you know, I've been a guy who was sort of on, on and off and back on again as of a couple of years ago. I've watched kind of the, 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 the main products, the WWE, WCW, and then kind of uh, backfilling in maybe some ECW stuff through the network. And then kind of around Thanksgiving, um, uh, kind of was becoming dissatisfied with, with, the the WWE product not you know and partially because you can see in like NXT that they that there are people who work there who know how to do good wrestling um it's just not necessarily translating to the the main roster and so I uh have kind of been looking around for other kind of action and and just kind of uh sampled some stuff sampled some TNA kind of had everything that was <laughs> that I didn't like about WWE, and then I, I uh, dude, they're worse now than ever before. Take it from yeah. the former TNA podcaster, <laughs> and uh, and kind of uh, stumbled on on Lucha Underground, and and kind of had watched the, the episodes that were kind of on on demand, uh, starting with I guess episode seven, and was immediately hooked. And it and it's it's you know what, what's the hook for you? I, I, I'm interested. Um, I think though it's that the whole production is woven together in a way that allows for easy suspension of disbelief in a way that doesn't make you feel the least bit silly. I mean, everything from the the the, the set itself, uh, you know, the the style in the ring, the the cutscenes are great. Um, the, the vignettes. Um, the, My favorite and, part of the show. And you know, the just the the, the simplicity of the entrances that's they still work. Everything it just it 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 there's nothing that takes you out of the of of the story, and so even even when you know stuff happens in the ring that's you know people flourishing to the crowd and whatever, um, it makes sense within the universe they've created, and I and I think that that, uh, um, and then on top of that, I mean it's just it's you know it's it's well booked so that it there's nothing that that makes you say well that's that's BS, um, you know. Uh, Maybe with I think we'll probably get to it when we talk about this week's is that that uh, the, kind of the the finish of of the uh, the, the the Phoenix uh, Mil Muertes match was maybe a little bit like that, but in general they kind of it seems like they stay away from that's how it ended because that's how we decided it was ending kind of stuff. Yeah, or just you know schmozzy finishes. They yeah. don't have that unless like in the case of Drago and King Cuerno, they had that schmozzy finish, 
but it was a big finish in the sense that Drago jumps off of the top of uh, yeah. Have you, yeah, he jumps yeah, off and jumps goes through Cuerno, you know, in a table. So, like, yeah, okay, they didn't they, they fought to a draw. That's cool. Yeah, but, but you if, don't if have like that kind of a draw. Yeah, like that's that's a legit. Like, okay, these guys are both both knocked out. Okay, that's like it's not it's not it's not a draw because we need to find a way to not beat either guy. It's a draw because that's. Even if because they, we're building that, up to beating that guy next week. In this case, they yeah. had like the last man standing match to resolve the feud, but they needed to have the stipulation, and and the reason they needed to have the stipulation was because a regular match just couldn't hold this action. Exactly, and and it so even when they they they, they kind of go somewhere to like a, a non finish, it's it's thought out. It's not just oh, I'll throw this up on the wall and figure it out later. It seems like there's a little bit of, 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 of uh, you know, an episodic through line of, of planning. This is where we are. This is where we're going. And the stuff that's happened before will make sense when we get to the end rather than things just being left hanging like, you know, like Curtis Axel um, on the ramp at the Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, he's still alive. Uh, he's he, he's main eventing WrestleMania. He is. Hell yeah! About <laughs> uh, time. The Axe Man. I yeah, like that guy. Yeah, he's better than perfect. He's um, charismatic as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this week's episode here. Um, we begin with Cage training, and Dario Cueto shows up, and they have a brief exchange. I didn't even write down this exchange because I was busy giggling from the hard zoom when he says, "I'm a machine." which is a line that they are trying so fucking hard to get over. But, like, Cage's delivery of it isn't there for me. Yeah. Um, they, I really like him, though. Like, I, I do. They, they could, they, he can maybe use a, use a mouthpiece. You yes, know? definitely could use a mouthpiece. Like, it, it's it's not, just it's, not there in the voice for what should be there. I don't know what should be there, but it's, it's just not there. I mean, it's kind of, I think, with the sideburns and the smirk, it's just, it's... It's maybe like you know, production like this. It can border on the hammy anyway, and and it seems like like you know him the, the, him him talking at times is you know the the other the other promo they did with him like you know walking through the attempted mugging, not oh saying anything. God. Oh my god! Like that's just that like, that's, was amazing. Yeah, that's just complete. <laughs> that's complete badassery. But like no talking, just just hit things. No and premise. Like, break on you. Cage is just walking along yeah. outside, and all of a sudden gets accosted by three dudes. Yeah, and and like no sells a bottle to the head, and it, yeah, <laughs> you know that's that that was yeah that hang, that was. Let's well hang on to that second one though, because that one is really weird, given what the narrative arc of this week's episode was, which is we are firmly moving Cage into the heel column of the roster. If you were split on this guy last week, which the crowd clearly was, uh, and, and, you know, the crowd, the crowd's going to have their own opinions on things. It is the narrative's job to establish who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. And I think that this episode, or particularly the finish to this week's episode, did a great job doing that. That second vignette where he's beating up random, you know, strangers accosting him on the street, I didn't think did a good job. But this first one did. And I think that we've established a bit of a... Uh, Cage not being patient. He's greedy. He wants it now and he's entitled. I mean, he, I mean, you, you talked about it last week that he, you know, was, was, you know, about to, about to, you know, do something bad with Vampiro when, when Vampiro got up in his face, you know, last week. 
So, but that was that was also like under the context of Vampiro just sort of manically snapped <laughs> on him. That it, <laughs> I think you're a punk, man. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't like honestly. I, I don't know what you do in that context if you're Cage. I think you just you 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 glower and crack your knuckles menacingly. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, people people say it ain't happening, man. You're getting you're getting that whole interview stuck in my head again now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, not as sorry as I was watching this first match, though. This was a big bummer. So one of the major storylines that we have had since I think week two has been Mil Muertes, this mysterious figure who is extremely dominant, was booked and, and considered to be, you know, kind of the top monster heel in the company. I, I, I saw on Reddit, someone did like a uh, power rankings chart or whatever, and they had Mil Muertes as the A-plus guy in the roster rankings. And this week did him no favors. Actually, the last month has done him no favors ever since we come back from break. He lost in kind of a, you know, in an interesting way in Aztec Warfare. And since then, he's been sort of a non-entity on the screen. They haven't advanced his relationship between Katrina and himself. And this I, I, week... Can I, can I break in there for a second? Sure. You're talking about a guy who's, who's you know, um, the, the crowd is split on. I mean, it was, was I... Uh, Imagining hearing like lick of death chants. Uh, no, uh, no, no, those this. were definitely there, dude. Like, they there were people saying Mil Muertes, like, like people like this guy, and all he does is beat people up old school WCW squash match style, you know, six minutes of guy or six to five, four minutes. Guy tries to get some offense in, not very impressive, ends up getting wrecked. Yeah, and and I think I mean we kind of saw a little bit of that, but then like all of a sudden roll up loss. And this is so weird. So let let's go through. Um, I've got just I've got like four notes here. So one, Matt Stryker decided to highlight Mil Muertes' gut, and I'm only bringing this up because he <laughs> spent like, dude, he was trying to put the gut over as like a thing that made him better. Like, all of his anger wells up from the gut. I'm like, dude, like, we get it. Mill's not necessarily in, like, tip-top cardio shape right now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, put, that's not helping anyone. Um, Phoenix kicked out from the spear. The spear had been put over in previous episodes as sort of Mil Muerte's finishing move. So that was notable. The And, though, I mean, it the, in the moment <laughs> it was surprising because that, I mean, like... I don't know. I felt like the windows shake in my house when when he because it's just so stiff, dude. It, it, Mill's pretty stiff with most everything yeah. other than his working punch is pretty stiff. Yeah, no, that's like there's there's at least three times in in the match where I was like, ooh, just and 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 that was I think that was the third one, and then yeah, and then he kicks out from it, which you know. Again, as I think you're getting to, doesn't necessarily do him any favors in terms of being presented as this, you know, this monster of of a thousand ways to kill you. It, well, yeah, particularly when this was his heretofore dominant way to kill you. It, it sort of has to be like, if that doesn't work, then he'll have to innovate some new way that he 
you right. know, destroys people because now someone's kicked out of the spear. That That's problematic too. The other big problem in this is clearly the narrative they were trying to tell in this match and that the commentary had notes on is that Matt Stryker says the crowd's firmly behind Phoenix. And this is right as we have like a let's go Phoenix, Phoenix sucks chant. Yeah. You know, Phoenix isn't even over on his own merits, and Mill's actually kind of popular. So, like, this pairing was really weird, and then this finish was really weird. Do you have anything you want to get in before we get into that finish? Um, I mean, just part of it is the reason why the the especially like the the kickouts and stuff like that. I see what they're going for with you know he's rising from the ashes and 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 so on and so forth. But he wasn't like he's been more impressive in the past. He just he he was I way better say, against sluggish. Puma. He, no, they yeah. have no chemistry. These guys, these guys didn't have good chemistry, and I didn't think Cage and Puma had particularly good chemistry either. No, I, I, I yeah, I think that, I think that that's I, w- I would agree with that. But we'll get to that. But it was yeah, yeah, it, not just the chemistry, but he like he just seemed to uh, seemed sluggish at times with a lot of his uh, uh, you know a, a lot of the stuff around the, the corners and stuff like that it just seemed slow, and that and that so that that you know all right he. He's going to outquick him, but he's not actually moving very fast. And yeah, that, and, and and you know maybe that was you know they they picked some unfortunate camera angles for him or something like that. But uh, but that was so that that was that was I think contributed to I think if he's if he's moving like you know like wicked quick all over the place, then then all right you can you know it's 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 uh, you know strength versus speed and 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 he he's taken some shots, but he's gotten out of the way of some others kind of thing. And and I didn't. I, didn't necessarily play like that. Phoenix is really an odd talent in the sense that I I don't know what this company has in terms of a vision for him. It it, it seems like they're they're hot on him one week, they're cold on him next week. This week they're clearly really hot on him because Phoenix is going to win this match over Mil Muertes, handing Mil Muertes his first loss on a small package that occurs after Mil Muertes successfully superplexes Phoenix from the top ropes. This apparently doesn't face Phoenix at all and is plenty to jar Mil Muertes. Like, none of this made any sense to me. It was no. such a weird finish. And and again, I think that if if the rest of the, if the work in the rest of the match had, you know, presented, if he had been better able to present himself as this kind of quick, wily, you know, adversary, then all right, that, that's, that's the trick up a sleeve, you know, roll up, let me get out of here. Um, and so like, I think that's what they're going, they were going for because, you know, clearly, you know, he, you know, the, they're presenting that, that he got away with one and he's running away. Right, 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 right. You know, you know what, what should have happened? Uh, Drago did a really neat pinning combination on one of the earlier episodes. I think he's starting to work in as a regular spot. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I think if you're going to win like this, it's got to be something more convincing than a small package. It makes Mil Muertes look stupid that he got rolled up on a small package, whereas it would look like you were maybe sneaking one out if you had some fancy bridging combination type. Yeah, move. no, I, 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 yeah, I think, I think I agree with that also. You know, it's it's a little thing, but I, I think it makes a big difference in this case. So Mill is I, just adrift right now, and Phoenix moves. Up the card a lot, so you may get Phoenix Puma three. The match you may want. I didn't dislike the last one, but like I don't know that I needed to see another one with him anytime soon. Uh, um, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure who I'd like to see see Puma against most. I mean, I think obviously we're gonna we're gonna see him against Cage a few more times, at least once more. Um, but you know, the, then there's the the uh, the other thing that's gonna happen is is when the when I guess I'm getting way ahead of ourselves. But I mean, obviously, since they're presenting Conan as 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 you know heel manager and Puma isn't. Well, he's shades a great manager right now. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and I think especially at the end of this week's episode, he's definitely somewhere very much in that squishy middle. I'm looking forward to Puma and King Cuerno. I think that has the ability to be like a really, really great feud. I yeah, that that, that that's a good call. Yeah, and, and they did they did a great job saying that all up next week. So let's move to the six man because I think we can move through the six man pretty fast. Um, the crew versus our babyface squadron of. Our Genesis, yeah, 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 of the jobbers, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they they were happy to be there, guys. Um, yeah. There was a really rad moonsault from, I believe, Superfly Matt Stryker during this match went into an extended passage of quoting Matthew, the Book of Matthew. That's right, guys, the Bible. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and it went on way long. It went on way longer than I thought it was going to. Uh, there was this really, really cool tower plancha that Aerostar and Argenis did at one point. And um, the crew eventually did their little spot that I'm referring to as the mucking, where they put someone in the corner like you're going to do the Bronco Buster, and then one comes in from one diagonal, the other one comes in from across the ring, the other one comes in from another diagonal. But, uh, we got Cisco. Cisco is a little lost in this match. Did you notice that? Yeah, no, he he definitely like the other five seemed like they're working at a little bit of different speed than him. The rope, the, his rope work, dude. It's yeah, like, it's like he didn't know which way people were coming off of the ropes or which way they're throwing people off of the ropes, and and it was really really noticeable. And that's like not even usually the stuff that I lock into. The other thing I noticed about is is you know the, I how many how many head scissors can we do in one match? Oh, I know. Seems like the head scissors is one like, of those moves. And though I mean, if it had, if like there had been one, and then the one like off, off, you know off the top from 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 uh, was it Aerostar onto onto Cisco? Yeah, Aerostar. He doesn't yeah. quite that, nail, he doesn't quite nail that Frankenstein from the top ropes to out to, but it doesn't matter. It looks so fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, like you know, and then it, it seems like that, that this is kind of this was kind of a kitchen sink match because they then they follow they follow that up with another, and I I don't remember the exact spot, but right after that they do you know another. Uh, you know another big dive and and uh and it's just it's like all right like all right this, this is the match with all the flippies um yeah. it's crazy to see everybody doing everything and it, the sad part for these baby faced jobbers is that like none of this matters yeah none of these guys got spotlighted in this match the narrative wasn't really built around this other than like this is the crew just kicking someone's ass yeah, it was. I think it was done better in the you know the the cages first match, the the eliminator match when you know all three of the all three of the the uh, the baby faces in peril got their 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 big spot and then they got they got you know creamed by cage and that was that that you know made sense and worked well. Yeah, no, and actually, I that cage initial squash match that wasn't quite yeah. a squash match that was great. That was yeah, a with really the, good match. With the, with, the, with the triple spot with like the the, the the big trust fall and the and and the, uh, the the suicide dive like over the turnbuckle that was amazing. Like that was like like that was re- rewind and watch ten times in a row. 
on the DVR. Uh, very, very good. Vampiro says at one point that he likes the guys doing the suplexes. And I'm not even – I'm not sure who he was referring to at this match. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm guessing it was the crew. I'm guessing. I don't – I get lost. So I, I want to ask you this. I want to stop right here before we get into sure. event. You like Vampiro. I you know I don't I don't want to I don't I don't want to paint you as a vampiro lover unless you want to paint yourself as a vampiro lover. I I don't. <clears throat> I think I'm I'm more talking about the commentary, uh, in general, and he's definitely a part of that. But um, again, as someone who's using this as an antidote to WWE, um, you know, the bar is low is what you're saying. Well, the the bar is low, and you know, kind of what you were talking about is like the, the sort of the unproduced uh, ad hoc quality to it. I kind of, it, I, to some degree, I enjoy the spontaneity of it, and uh, um, you know, and and Vampiro's kind of skater bro vibe um, just just works for me. I know he he's talking nonsense a lot of the time, but it's it's uh, it you know it's it it's not uh, it's not distracting nonsense, and he's not I, I don't know he's not he's not screaming puppies, <laughs> you know. No, it's not Lawler at his worst in the in the nineties yeah. or meandering, meandering JBL. Like yeah. JBL when they first brought him in the booth, he was good, but now JBL is just sort of like, ah, I love it. Yeah, a lot of that yeah. every week. So no, I, I feel you. Um, oh no, I was about to say I, I feel you. That's a vampiro type type thing, brother. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe part of it is is like the first time I watched, I had just like listened to. Uh, running up the first, I think probably the first episode I watched, I just listened to Jericho's podcast with JBL, and he's telling Vampiro stories. So I was like, "Hey, that guy!" and and so I, I was kind of predisposed predisp- uh, to kind of feel kindly towards him. So I'll, I'll, I'll like after listening to your podcast and watching yesterday's episode again, I uh, was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I, that, that that is strange." That because because you, I think you are. Right, in that they, uh, that you know, there's a difference between you know spontaneous commentary and seemingly spontaneous commentary, and the danger with the former is that they don't know where the story's going either, so they're not they're not assisting in telling the story. And or we that's... end up in the fucking book of Matthew. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that. That's my problem. It is I, I? It's not that I need every line to be scripted. I, I think they need some bullet points. I think that they need to have some sort of sense of where this match is going, but more importantly, the type of story that this match is trying to tell. And, you know, like in, in the case of that six man that we're just getting out of here, like let's say you want to, I don't know, spotlight Aerostar. You could have commentary really subtly dropping those hints and doing things throughout the match to be building up Aerostar. So, yeah, they're going to lose. But you have that little seed planted in your head that Aerostar is, oh, maybe he was kind of the better, the you know, standout of the three. Right, and he even gave like um, Striker even gave him a chance to do that, and and was like, you know, you basically like kind of asking who's your man of the match, and and Van- oh, Van- 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 says himself, he puts himself over. <laughs> he says the commentary or the VIP of the match or the uh, most important player of the match. Jeez, Louis, I, and like that that well, was, and then he, and uh, yeah. Oh no, no, you what were you gonna say? You know, and then he's like, in his, uh, like I can't pick, so and and it's just like. You know, you, I don't even know who these guys are, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could almost—I I can almost, like, especially having like, you know, heard heard you talk about it. I can imagine like Striker sitting there with his pencil in his hand and just snaps because he's like, <laughs> "Come on, man!" Like, yeah. 
there are so many times where Vampiro just leaves Stryker hanging, and it, it, it's it's sad. It's sad, but I think that I see an outdoor for all of this. I think I, I think I have an answer, and, and it, it it came to me while I was watching this next segment between Vampiro and Conan. And guys, if you haven't seen this, to quote Vampiro, you couldn't cut the knife with the intensity. This this <laughs> segment was so thickly intense, my friend. <laughs> no, but after watching this this segment, I, I I think that what needs to happen is Vampiro needs to transition into a managerial role opposite of Conan. Oh, I was thinking we were going to get a like an old guy loser leaves town match or something. No, 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 no. I, 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 that's the exact opposite thing that I want. <laughs> I, I, I don't need these guys. I don't no. need these guys on my screen a whole lot. But it would be interesting to have Vampiro as sort of the countervailing force to Conan, and they could both be shades of great characters, like Conan is right now. And Vampiro is the foil to him. Not that one's good and one's bad. It's just that Conan doesn't like Vampiro, and Vampiro doesn't like Conan. And if you get involved with either one of the guys, you know, good things might happen, bad things might happen. It's not entirely clear what's going to happen. But you know, the one thing you will know is that if you're with Vampiro, you'll be running into Conan's people at some point, and vice versa. Sure. Though so you, I mean, you want to some extent. I mean, how much are they setting up? Um, you know, Conan as as kind of the adversary to 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 Quato Also, I mean, that's I, I, that's he, what's so he, great about him as a character, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, he even though he was in the episode three times, didn't it? Didn't he didn't feel especially present in the episode? Maybe it's because he didn't he wasn't in the ring at all. But uh, Conan or Queto? Uh, Queto. No, I I actually think that they've been judiciously using Dario Queto recently, and it's been very very well done. Like he's there, his thumbprints on everything. He you know even just establishing the office as this thing that overlooks the ring. So Queto is always watching the action that's happening in the ring. I, I love that so much. I do too. It that's, makes and that's, a big that, fucking that's, difference. That's what I mean about just creating the universe. It's like it, yeah. uh, in which this all like it's it's of course it's all ridiculous, but within this universe they've created, it all makes sense because here's the here's the temple and there's the office and and the, the and and that's where we are the whole time and 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 while we're here, it all it all makes sense within the eternal logic. You know, oh. I, you just you jarred my memory when you brought up the Quedo, the, the the other appearance. So we now have established this week what the mysterious Asian woman yeah. in leather wants. Yeah, she wants Matanza. Did, and yeah, I have I'm, no idea what that is. It's yeah, not exactly. Mataxa. Yeah, I, 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 it, I mean, it has to do so with something point. with Pentagon, doesn't it? I, I see. Last week, I thought that she was going to become the manager of Pentagon. I thought that that made, that made all the sense in the world. I thought that that Pentagon promo at the end of the match sort of alluded to that. But now I really don't know what the hell Pentagon's doing. And he's a guy who I think they want him as a heel, but clearly he gets a split reaction from the crowd. I mean, he, there's, just looking at that guy, he's, there's no way he's a, he, he can be a heel because he's snake eyes. Like from from GI Joe, like he's yeah he's, like the, the, he, he's he's in black. He's a total badass. Like he kind of reminds you me know, of a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, and uh, you know he's 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 a scary one, but he's the good scary one. He's 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 you know he's he's uh he's like Leparka only if Leparka was a badass and not kind of he, funny. Yeah, he's Arnold in Terminator Two. You know, it, obviously very, not the same body type, but he's 
he's like he his powers could be used for good or for evil but you know it's it's you know just given the, the all black presentation and stuff and and his move set like there's no way he's not going to be you know uh, embraced by the crowd i know i have yeah. this issue and i and i've always thought it's weird that you have like pentagon and they keep going oh his rival's octagon his rival's octagon i'm assuming we're going to get an octagon at some point here but at this point not knowing that it's weird to have never seen Octagon at all. And then we're and then some sometime we're, we're going to move on to Triangle and oh, I knew you were going to you were going to bring up Triangle yeah. Man. I knew you were going to bring up Triangle Man. Triangle no. Man, Triangle Man. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to our main event here. Your main event: Cage versus Puma. This match. It was not one for the ages. Um, no. What, what I would have liked and what I think could have happened in this match and what would have been a nice story to tell with Cage is this theme of impatience. Cage doesn't want to wait his turn. And he's a big guy. He's a strong guy. He's an agile guy. And he has everything that a champion needs except for that one thing. And that one thing should be impatience. And, yeah, and, and that was – you know they're, they they were kind of playing on arrogance rather than, than impatience. I know, you know, I know, and I it's a subtle twist, but I think it's key. Yeah, no, I just you saying that I, that 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 I, I get that. Yeah, and then you know, getting ahead of ourselves, but the you know the the finish made you know storyline wise, I get why just how it came about was. You know the, the 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 you know the schmozzy DQ whatever. Oh, this is and so then, schmozzy. He just like pushes the ref, and the ref is a putz because like I mean they have established in in this kayfabe world that the refs are going to kind of let some shit go in lucha underground world. It's not hardcore rules, but it's also not you know straight you know closed fist on you know that sort of thing either. The refs sort of sit in that in between. Yeah, and actually that was that 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 sort of it was that was kind of. Emphasized in the in the in the six man when like for large stretches of the match it was unclear completely who was legal, you know. But that's well, I didn't know if they were going to use kind of the classic if you just go over the top rope then someone else can tag in. There there are other issues in that match. The commentary yeah. was spotlighted, which is like the baby faces weren't helping their team and the crew were helping their team a whole bunch and like. There wasn't a. I mean, I'm like talking like impending combinations, you know, like when you yeah. can come in and interfere. Yeah, and just weird stuff. So this, ma- I, I don't have a lot to say about Cage and Puma the match itself, other than about this finish, wherein Cage pushes the referee into the ropes, which causes Prince Puma, who was up to do his six thirty uh, like corkscrew cannonball thing, it, he ends up you know racking himself on the top there, and then he gets down, and then Cage. Low blows Prince Puma and attacks Puma, and then Conan finally comes into the ring, and Cage hits Conan with the belt, which juices Conan or prompts Conan to juice himself. Although the again, this uh, kind of, even though in general I've been a big fan of the production, um, you know they, they're actually the, the shot they're using at the time. You can kind of clearly see him blading. Okay, dude. I I, I, need, yeah. I need to go watch. Yeah, if, yeah. Because because when he because he's already bleeding when he when he when he gets up to take the belt. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like totally stuck. It, it's yeah, yeah. It's funny. So yeah, and then and this was fucking weird. Cage destroys the belt. Yeah, which I don't think did the belt in terms of legitimacy any favors whatsoever. Yeah, I, you know the belt is kind of a weird thing. I you know I kind of. 
enjoyed the the briefcase with the hundred thousand more than the belt. Me too. As, as, I, I'm as there. The, I'm there with you. Because you know we're 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 not wrestling. We're fighting. So it's a prize money rather than than some imaginary like title. In, yeah, in, I think Quito could have gotten away with doing the briefcase full of money thing for like three to four weeks. I really do. Yeah. I, think, I think that they they did that that first week and that was cool. And then they moved on from that, but I, I actually think well, they they kept the one briefcase in and of itself. But yeah, I think they could have kept going with that for a minute. This belt, I've been on the fence about. I Aztec Warfare is a good match. I didn't necessarily love it as a vehicle for launching this belt, but boy, having just a dude who doesn't respect anything and you're putting over as arrogant destroy the belt, like where does that leave the status of the belt and just you know being that kind of champion. And you know the belt has to have you know it, it it's not it's not especially meaningful if the belt hasn't you know I mean unless you're uh, you're counting on the fact that and I think for probably a good portion of the audience like it's really just the leather it's it, you know the belt is you know is a thing because it's a thing and people have been conditioned enough but it, within the you know the the kayfabe logic like it's made this, from Aztec this, gold this is this is yeah. Aztec gold that's mounted on this leather. Yeah, and it, it but and it's, but it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't really been, you know, venerated. You know, this is like the second title defense. You know, it's not, it's not yeah. a, it's not a thing that's been passed around enough, or you know, defended, or, or you know, bled over enough to to have enough meaning to, for you know, just tearing the belt up to to be a dastardly enough act. You know, it's just it's it's it, it's you know look. Lo- Look how wicked strong I am, rather than well. You know, and it, also, it, I, I want to make sure that no one is on my side because this is this is a problem with Puma. And honestly, what I'm starting to see is a bit of a trend for Lucha Underground. They are having a hard time getting their baby faces strongly over with their home fans. I mean, other than like you know, like Pimpernella and the you know, the, you know <laughs> yeah. who people are gonna you know if you boo them, you, you kind of you, you got something wrong with you. you right, know, right. You know, you're going after Masquerita. You're like, no, oh, I hate that little man. <laughs> Get him out of yeah. here. Um, but like, they're having a hard time keeping the Prince Pumas, the Phoenixes of the world, over. And meanwhile, you have your heels or people who are supposed to be heels, like Pentagon who throughout this series has been nothing but dastardly. Uh, he, he's being embraced. Mil Muertes, I think, is a little more, you know, oblique. Cuerno is at least, you know, definitively disliked. And Drago is definitively liked. But I'd actually argue that Drago is more popular right now with that home crowd than Puma is. It's a bit of a problem. And, and it, it is a bit of a problem. And I wonder how much of that is, is you know, the, 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 you know, the reality of, of you know, uh, the, the the smartness of the fans coming in into play there. I mean, he's, well, they you know, should know that they're not going to be seeing Drago again anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, get time to get on board with the home team. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that, that, and and I think part of that was you know the way this match was worked. Again, Puma looked, and, and I think it was you know like you said about their their bad chemistry he looked like slower than he had in the past like his kicks were deliberate and it seemed like almost intentionally so just to make sure that all right it's coming dude uh protect yourself kind of stuff yeah everything was just blocky yeah and you know i i just wonder i I, you know i i wonder if that's just this just a limitation of 
even though he's a tremendous, you know, moves tremendously well for being that big, it's still for being that big and, and doesn't necessarily operate on the same, you know, the same, the same tempo. I mean, even, even, even Muertes in, in other, uh, other matches seemed like he's, he's been a, a solid base for, for that, for that kind of stuff. So, and maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's the, the, they'll, they'll develop chemistry over, over some time. Cause obviously these two are going again at some point. You know what Brian Cage is like to bring this thing full circle and tie the basketball and the wrestling together? Brian Cage is kind of like a three-point shooting center. It, he has a lot of skills, but in this case, that three-point shooting, it, it, in this, which I'm using as an analog for you know Cage's high-flying ability, it's kind of hard to place and work into the dynamic of everything else, if that so makes you're sense. So you're, you're basically, you're basically make, saying that he's Kevin Love. Yeah. I, I, can, yeah. I, I can get down with that. Yeah, a little we, bit. You know, get Kevin Love love the beard back and maybe do something with the sideburns. And, yeah, I see it. <laughs> no, he just needs to have those angular sideburns. If any, yeah. if, what I've learned from Cage is that if I want to become a machine, I need to have hair that doesn't stop. On my, <laughs> on my face, at least. Um, let's get into show grades here. So what I usually do every week, uh, if you're familiar, is I, I will you know review the show on – Three different categories here, and those categories, in case you forgot, and maybe I might have been forgetting too. I know one of them is commentary, so we commentary. Start, start with commentary first. Oh, uh, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, you. No, yeah, I'm, you know what? It's a. Uh, I, I the first time I watched it, I liked it better than the second time because between the two, I I kind of listened to some of your rants about uh, Vampiro, <laughs> and I kind of, kind of agree. So. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I'll give it a C plus. I thought that the uh, the the um the, the interview with 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 Puma and Conan was was you know it, it did a night. Assuming they're going somewhere with that, it really set up the the uh, animosity between the two of them. Well, at the very least, I did enjoy that, and and, and I think if Vampiro is going to sit there and bash Conan every single week, week in, week out, that you needed to have a segment like this. And honestly, he needs to have a segment like this with Johnny Mundo. And then he can go back to doing what he's doing with this dynamic of like, oh, you can't trust Conan, man. You can't trust Johnny Mundo. Oh, this guy's got a thing going on. Like, it, it, just establish it. I, I'm fine with Vampiro being a character. I don't think Stryker needs to be. No, but, I, but, I, but I like the idea of Vampiro actually being a character in the stories. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with that too. And I think that's you know a lot of the the why I'm happier with a lot of the nonsense he talks is that he's part of the ambiance rather than you know our striker is is our narrator and 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 Vampiro is 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 not he's Vampiro is, is he's not uh, I don't know I, I don't know why this is popping into my mind probably because I you know watched. Um, Christmas Carol seventeen hundred times over 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 the holidays, but um, uh, you know he's Vampiro's like one of the ghosts rather than than Scrooge, and and Stryker is Scrooge who's who's watching you know the the these scenes. If the, if that analogy makes sense, no, it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. I I, I gotta, I'll give this week. I don't know that I don't know that they've moved into C territory, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a strong D. This week, I think it was I, I, I've got, grade. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a D, D for diploma because, like, yeah. I mean, we had the flights of fancy of Stryker quoting scripture. Vampiro did, you know, throughout. You couldn't cut the knife with the intensity, <laughs> and at one point, Stryker was putting over Mil Muerte's gut. So, the, <laughs> those are things that probably didn't need to happen. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that that's my take. It, it, it's getting it's it's better. It's not as bad as the episode where I was just like, I'm done listening to this. I'm gonna just listen to Black Sabbath. We haven't been Black Sabbath bad in a minute. Um, how about the in ring though? What did you think of the in ring this week? Um, let me see. Of the episodes I've watched, uh, you know, I kind of have to say this was the worst in ring. Um, you know, there maybe it's some of it is just getting sort of inured to the. To, to a lot of the, the, the Lucha stuff, but it just, you know, especially the two, you know, the, the, the six man was fine. It was, you know, it was a, it was a demolition derby fine. Uh, but the, the other two, especially considering, you know, the performers in them weren't great. They were, they were good. They were, you know, they, they would have been, you know, if I'd, if I'd have watched this on Sunday, they would have been the second and third best matches, um, you know, the, behind, behind the, the, the the triple well, that, threat, that but, unbelievable uh, triple threat. Yeah, yeah. but uh, um, not quite up to you know the standard that that kind of got me hooked initially. And you know, part of it I think my, this week is you know they, they a lot of their kind of better performers just weren't on the show. They're, they didn't have Cuerno, they didn't have you know Johnny Mundo, they didn't have Pentagon. And it, it's tough to keep all those people in rotation. Like you know, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm seeing them kind of on like a two to three week cycle, rotating people in and out, and that that's going to be a tricky balancing act for them going forward. I mean, especially as you kind of we uh, you know some you know they they separate into the better and worst performers as, as they are, I think a little bit, and you know they just you know kind of it was uh, again to go with the basketball analogy, we we caught them kind of when at the period where the subs were in with maybe one star you know right it was a bunch of backups and 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 puma kind of you know in, in. so i i guess in ring probably c minus yeah um, yeah i've got it i've got it in c I, I i'm tempted to go d this week which would be my first d since i've started the show but like dude I, okay I'll, I'll give it a c just for the work that the six guys put in in the six man but like the Mil Muertes and Phoenix match was nothing to write home about, and frankly, Mil Muertes losing should have been the story in and of itself that week. Like, sure. just a waste of a storyline. That'll get into narrative. And then Cajun Puma went to a non-finish, and both the finishes in the Mil Muertes match and the Cajun Puma match were really unsatisfactory. I I don't know if the the, the result in the I think we we talked about it earlier, but the result in the in the the main event was unsatisfactory. No, no, I mean, not the, the, the result, way they, the, the finish. Yeah, the, the finish. Yeah, the finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the result was like exactly like like doing doing a non-finish there was fine. Just like that was that was a very you know very ham-handed way of of, of going about that. I don't know. Like, yeah, the, 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 I feel like there's like you know maybe like you know something happens. Conan waves the cane at him. Uh, he, uh, he grabs the cane away from Conan and, and, and hits Puma with it or something like that. Like that. All right. That's, you know, that, that, that that's a better non-finish than, you know, ref bump crotch shot. Oh, and then, and then we turn Conan into a face here at the end, which was weird. I, it, it was just weird to have Conan move so heavily onto the baby face side of the ledger here and I guess you could be, oh, I was protecting Puma. And I guess you could also use this at some point to, you know, when you want to confuse Puma's loyalties, Conan can be like, dude, I took a belt shot to the head for you. Yeah, I bled for you. Yeah, I bled for you. Yeah, exactly. So I think that there's going to be some payoff for that down the line. The Mill Murchis and Phoenix thing didn't do anything at all for me. Um, so, 
Yeah, dude, I'll give the in-ring a C. Let's do narrative. What did you think of the narrative advancement this week? Kind of all over the place here. Yeah, the, I mean, like, like you said, the um, I, it's kind of the, the narrative advancement with the first one. It's it's hard to to take to to disentangle that from the work. I think with what they were going for, if it had been a better worked match, it would have resonated more. But it, it since it wasn't, it didn't. Um, the the six man was kind of whatever narrative um, free. Yeah, and then the uh, I mean, other than you know, continuing to you know put the cr- sort of put the the crew over as a force to be reckoned with, and and the shield um, they are not. Yeah, <laughs> for, for better or worse, the shield uh, they most definitely are not. But believe that. Um, yeah. Sorry, I I'm, yeah. I think I just made anyone listening in a car drive off. Why does Roman Reigns keep coming up on this fucking show? I don't know because uh, it's all anyone can talk about right now. No, no um, shit. I am yeah. so glad. I'm so glad we managed to avoid it. Yeah. Um. You know. And again, the uh, you know the I the narrative where it's going with the main event. Made sense. It was. It was. You know, aside from the, the the belt stuff, which was yeah bad. Um, it was. It was okay. I mean, it moved the storyline along. And I guess the highlight of the narrative was that was the last vignette with uh, oh Matanza. And I, 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 yeah. I, I'm thinking now that Matanza is the person that Dario Cueto was talking about when he was holding the belt the first time and said you can't touch this. And we like like we never saw that dude. It was just the week before Aztec Warfare. And before they went on their like uh, mid-season break, they they tease Cueto talking to somebody who we don't ever see pictured and is never named. And hmm. now it's making me think, especially the way Cueto did his reactions and everything to her, which were like he was lying to her. He was giving her those type of cells. Right. Yeah. So um, I think that that's where we're going with this. He does. He's got. He's got Matanza in the roster. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes, and it is good. I guess if you need to get rid of Mil Muertes to clear up room for this Matanza character, so be it. But again, dump it into somebody who matters, and Phoenix is just like the wrong guy to do that. Yeah, I mean, and and if that's in especially that way, that's not that's not enough finality to get rid of someone who's been. Yeah, Phoenix didn't do like a move from the top rope, which yeah. almost seems sort of requisite in this type of scenario. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I probably a C on on the uh, the narrative, and it's it's helped a lot by kind of the uh, the the, um, the vampiro Conan angle and the and you know that that last vignette, which is at least you know is something that's like, ooh, what's going to happen next week now? Yeah, yeah. So we have the Cage angle this week. I think that they've missed the story with Cage, which needs to be as impatient. So and. I, I like the first vignette. The second vignette, I think, didn't do them any good at all, where they have him just beating up, when he, where he just beats up three guys and looks like a badass, and the three guys are cheating, and there's three of them. Like, how is Cage not the good guy in this scenario? Well, you don't know. You don't know why he was there. <laughs> I just raped all your mothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let, me just, let me just, let me just, like, you know, backdrop you into this, into this, this flat bed here and he walks up and just belly to belly suplexes one of them like wait a second that's my friend <laughs> yeah yeah well, I, I don't yeah. know just and, and, and also like so much in that was amazing though like like you know oh yeah it no, was that, was, that was let's, sweet let's put it this way it, it was very on brand with el rey 
I'll put it that way. With uh, you know, it's coming coming out of a commercial for like you know, Five Fingers of Death into <laughs> in, into that into that you know vignette was was. Uh, w- yes, you 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 know your audience here at least. I haven't read Lance's review yet, but given that he liked it when Johnny Mundo said "chillax, bro" to Dario Cueto, I'm guessing that this Brian Cage vignette was right up his alley. Yeah. Either ironically or not ironically at all. Um, uh, I, it, it didn't make sense, but it was awesome. So, it, it, you know. it, it, yeah, right. So, like, I, you know, ultimately, I don't really care, especially with wrestling. It's like so much of wrestling doesn't make sense, but if it's awesome, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, the Six Man didn't do anything to advance the narrative. Vamp and Conan, I liked it. I mean, ultimately, this is a vignette that needed to happen, so I thought that was good. Cage and Puma, you know, the match sucked, but I, I think uh, making sure that Cage is a bad guy probably important in all of this because the crowd was split on him um so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a low b but i'm gonna give for the stories that they had to tell this week that they were tasked to tell this week they told those stories well yeah that's fair but you know you you talked about making making cage a bad guy i i actually we're jumping all over the place here but i wanted to one of the things that i did, did not like was so much of this, why why this show is good is 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 it's uh, as an antidote, and then having Cage looking the way he does bust out the F five. I mean, you know, it's not that he's Brock Lesnar or anything. It's uh, uh, a, a he's not. I mean, uh, you know, no, no, but he, he yeah, he, but he seriously isn't. He's just a big yeah. guy who can do some yeah. neat vertical stuff. Yeah, and and B like that's that's you know. You're doing well, you know, when you when you're differentiating yourself, not copying, and that was that was I don't know. Like I enjoy when when you know Striker is like, all right, that's a code breaker, that's a three D. Like, okay, we know these moves, but those, that's not quite for some reason those aren't quite as as iconic as kind of the the you know the fireman's carry into the F five with the you know the mean mug at the camera. Yeah. So I didn't I I didn't I I, I didn't like that. No, no I, I mean, but that's like, you know, those are just, those are KCI in-ring work issues, and I don't yeah. know, I don't know who was kind of calling the action between him and Puma, but, like, that needed to work. It didn't seem like yeah. anyone was really steering the ship there. That's, yeah. That's a whole different thing. But um, th- this has been a blast, man. We'll have to get you back on the show here sometime soon. Yeah, glad, uh, glad to do it. It was fun, uh, fun, fun talking about it, and I feel like I've learned something here today, too, so... Well, I feel like I've learned something here today too, as well. Uh, no, no, it, it, it's it's just great to have a nice breakup and get this show back up to the voice of wrestling standards, which is damn it, near an hour. Or what are you doing? Why even do this show? I've been getting you know, stern I emails. I can't do the three-hour marathons they do, though. Oh my god, I don't know how they do it. Just talk it, and talk. I, and talk. Uh, well, no, I mean, I do. I I, I listen to it like all the time, but I, I I'm just. I'm just always impressed. Those and they they have stuff to talk about. It's not like the content's not there. It's not like Lance just you know gets you know lost searching on Google for an hour. They they break it down cover to cover, wall to wall, and that is what makes Voices of Wrestling great. Uh, so if you haven't been to VoicesWrestling.com yet today, you should. It'll make Rich happy. It'll make Joe happy. It'll bring the advertisement fairies to the website, and they will shower that website with gifts and charity and blessings and you would be a good human for doing that so you should go there and hey while you're going there and being a good human why not get onto itunes and write voices of wrestling a review 
You can say, hey, I really like Rich and Joe's show, but that Chris guy's kind of uh, suspect. Uh, you know, but hey, uh, all in all, five stars. Good job. Keep up the good work, guys. Hey, if you do that, as long as you write five stars, I don't care if you bury me. Bury me on iTunes. Just write a review. By all means, um, you can follow me on Twitter at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. Seth, where can they find you on the Twitter machine? It's just at Seth Part now, S-E-T-H-P-A-R-T-N-O-W. Excellent, excellent. And uh, you want to plug the podcast one more time here before it bounce? Oh, sure. It's the uh, Make or Miss podcast. If you like uh, erudite NBA discussion with maybe a, uh, a nod towards the analytics. There is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Kuhn, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.